Testing, testing, one, two, three. Today is May 7th, 2020. We are at the restaurant and I got a, I guess you can say a childhood classmate of mine, which I cannot name due to many reasons, but we're gonna talk about many things. First, we'll just talk about what he's heard about the virus. And we may not fact check it, but he wouldn't just bullshit me, so. Just take that. I, 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 I appreciate the, uh, the kind words. But there's a lot of uh, helium being pumped into me here. Um, uh, all, I'm really, all I'm effectively driving at here is this is just stuff I've heard from a geneticist who's a family relative. So this isn't anything that I actually know. It's not anything that I've actually like thoroughly researched. This, this is mainly being parroted. So I mean, you can take this how you will. But part of what, what he was telling me about the, the COVID and what makes this like a real big problem is that quarantine again, this is strictly from what I've gathered, quarantining is really helping us short-term-wise relative to long-term. This is, this is a short-term benefit that we're doing this with not necessarily long-term benefits. So here's what I mean. A virus needs like hosts to like spread to, right? In the absence of host, the intuitive response, which is why we're kind of quarantining, well, actually, the main reason you're quarantining is to flatten the curve. Uh, one of the, the side effects of it, or one of the benefits that people are hoping for is that like it'll help like eliminate you know people who are like being affected by the virus that might be the case but the problem is is, is that like current research that they're that they're showing is that there's more than one strain mm. there's there's a more virulent strain and a deadlier strain yeah and in theory what some of the studies are showing is that in china the outbreak was a less virulent strain and what's happening now in europe and the u.s is there's a much more virulent strain so what the problem is is when you quarantine you're not building any antibodies Right? This is where you get a lot of your conspiracy theorists who are flipping out about like, oh, I need like herd immunity. Like, oh, herd immunity is fine. Let's go out, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, like herd immunity is a, is a pretty effective way of like... Let's explain what herd immunity is. Okay. You might actually be better at explaining it than I am. From what I've gathered was that herd immunity is that you basically just go at it, at the virus, and get it, uh. and survive it. Like the flu, but then the fatality rate is like 20 to 30% of people right. who get it. So like, so to layer on top of that herd immunity also is that like you're you're effectively having other bodies like people's individual bodies blocking it from you because they have like a certain amount of antibodies built up or like mm. like you have people around you who are like effectively like not getting infected because they have a certain amount of antibodies that, that that's also like what herd immunity is right yeah so so the problem is is that like when we're when we're quarantining right now we're not building up any kind of like antibodies right mm. so what makes that dangerous is that when you go back out into the world right you go back out into society you have a couple strands. I, I mean, I'm saying two, but I don't really know. There's, there's probably more than that. But you, we at least know that there's like a, there's a lesser version and there's a more fucked up mutant version. Yeah. Right. That fucked up mutant version. If you get that when you don't have any antibodies, you are fucked. Yeah. And the problem with that is when you're oh, yeah. quarantining. Right now, we're quarantining for the short term. The short term benefit is that we're not like flooding the health system, right? Yeah. One of the issues that you have to consider now is when you exit quarantine and you don't have an appropriate amount of antibodies built up, you're still like, you're not safer than you were before quarantine, mm. you know? So like, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, what made it a bit disturbing when I was listening to my, to my geneticist cousin was that like, you need, you, like the fact that we don't have any built up antibodies when we exit quarantine could potentially, so then what you're gonna get a second wave. Is what's so happen. yeah, I mean, the second wave. Might and it might be worse because it, you might have more, uh, okay, so you know like the whole, you know the whole like anything about the Spanish flu from like the 1900s? We had a quarantine from what I read and then some people didn't quarantine properly or they let loose after X amount of days instead of the full amount of days. And then the 
the hospitals were overrun with six people or sick people, hundreds of thousands died. I think that was San Francisco. So what made all that even worse is that. So they also kind of did like the quarantine bit, right? Yeah. Here's the problem. The people who are going to the hospitals typically, who are like really, really sick, mm. have like the real... Uh, so I think Spanish flu actually had that, where they had like a lesser version and like a more effed up version. Yeah. And, the, and what happens is, is when you're, when you're quarantining, right? The people who are in quarantine, typically at worst, have mild symptoms, right? And in that, in that environment now, you have people with mild symptoms who are quarantining and they're effectively not spreading antibodies to other people, mm-hmm. is what that means. And the sickest people who are in hospitals and are out in public because they need like treatment and stuff are the ones who had like the really messed up version of it. That's why like they were, they were a lot of times they were having such severe reactions. Yeah. And those people now are out in public spreading the deadlier strain when the people who aren't when the people who aren't being infected have the lesser strain, and they're not spreading antibodies to anybody. Mm. Does that make sense so far? I'm trying, I'm, no, it does. No, it makes so that so that's effectively the fear. So you're just very that, sterile, basically. Yeah. So that's exactly that's the fear that 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 I think is is a reasonable one now, where it's like, yeah, we're quarantining and yeah, we're not exposing, we're not so building th- up antibodies. So you think a vaccine is safe for everyone to take since they've accelerated the research on it? So again, I'm not versed on this. I don't have any kind of background in immuno in immunization. Immunology. I always say the word. The yeah. Word wrong. yeah. No, but um, apparently, from again, this is secondhand at best knowledge from. From my cousin, he was saying, like, if you study immunology, mm-hmm. you're going to know that it's going to be very difficult. It might almost be a miracle Hail Mary play to even get a vaccine. Yeah, some vaccines, yeah. you don't, for 40 years. Some at, at best, you yeah. might get an antiviral drug, which yeah. I'm not really sure what the distinction of that is. Like, I, I, I imagine it just mitigates the... Yeah, it's like just... As opposed to actually, like, making you immune. Yeah, yeah. It's like a vitamin, vitamin C. Yeah. So then, the next thing I want to talk about was, uh, I guess... How do you feel about people all of a sudden protesting that they want to get back to work versus <sighs> people who think they're idiots? So that's so hard, man. Because so, even wearing masks, yeah, touting no. guns. So okay, so there's like a couple things that I would want to say about that, but like the, the most pertinent thing is is that people we have to stop being tribalistic assholes. Okay, mm-hmm. there, not every not every like stance has to be. Absurdly extreme conspiracy theorists, which is what you got a lot. Of, a lot of the people who are like are, are, are protesting are your anti-vaxxers. Yeah. My stance on vaccines, I'm not. It, it's irrelevant to this. However you feel about vaccines, anti-vaxxers, it's whatever. You okay? Yeah. Anti-vaxxers, a lot. Of, a lot of their position is that they don't want. To, they don't want decisions being made to them by the government about how to handle their body. Right. Yeah. A lot of the counter argument to that, which which is, I think, fair to a certain degree, is, well, you're being an asshole. You're, you're not thinking about other people, yeah. and you're just going to you know, get other people fucked up, even if you don't get fucked up. It's an inherently selfish position, right? Yeah. I'm not going to debate that, because, it, frankly, it's a little bit irrelevant. I'm just bringing up an example of, you have people who are hyper-polarized in one direction, like anti-vaxxers, anti-quarantine guys, and lot, a lot of their sentiments, and I think, I think it's reasonable, a lot of the sentiments I, are, I, think, I don't uh, want the government telling me what to do. Yeah, right? I mean, like... And that's what our country largely... That's basically like if you look at it for the longest time, that's the Republican side versus the Democrat side, where government everything should be controlling everything, in like a in a sense. Um, See, I don't even like making it that 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 binary. Of I don't a like it either, like, but that's what what I've gathered from right. friends from both sides of the aisle. Yeah. But the thing is, is that these um, protesters, you have to think about it. They can't get money from the government, or they don't get enough money to pay their bills, feed their family. I'm gathering a majority of these people who are protesting are just the suffering. 
you know, and they're scared. So how else do they know how to get all this out? They go protest and shoot guns in the right. air. Yeah. No, I mean, right. Because at this point, they like the only way they know it expresses in these really inefficient ways. But like, the thing <laughs> is, is the government should have done their job day one from when they closed. They're going to say, we're going to fix everything on unemployment. Right? Look at Canada, for example. Right. right. After two weeks, they gave two grand to each Canadian. Oh. They said, you should be able to be fine on this plus extra money for uh, kids, too. Mm -hmm. They said, for at least 50 days. Okay. 40 to 50 days. After that, we will come back again and see how everything goes. Right. And, I mean, even though Canada's 35 million people... They've only just had a mass shooting recently during this whole quarantine. Uh, so, I didn't even know that, actually. And then they actually banned 1,500 assault rifles and machine guns. That, 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 Okay, well, that makes sense why they did that. Now. Yeah, <laughs> literally two days after. Um, so, so uh, all right, so, so, so to, to piggyback on that, like, I, I don't, how am I going to frame this? It, I think, I think it actually, so we're, we're kind of getting lost in the weeds with this when we're talking about this. I, I think it's, it's much, it's much more productive to look at, issues that you're talking about we're talking about from like a much more yeah. top-down view and here's what i mean by that what what you, you your protesters are going off of like we said they don't want the government telling what to do and that also and this is a rightful point now granted it's a bit tone deaf to say but it is a it is a fair point that okay you have to you you're gonna you're gonna fuck the economy for a bit right the question is, is how much damage are you going to do to try to mitigate the spread of the disease, right? So the, prob the problem that exists right now is we live in a position where it's a very precarious balancing act between people's health, lives, right? And many people say that is of the utmost importance. I'm not going to dispute that. I, that's a pretty fair and moral position to take. Mm. And then the other side is, well, we have to get the economy going because the longer it keeps shut down, the bigger problem it becomes until eventually it might snowball to a point where we can't control it anymore. Yeah. And then that's, and then and then you might have even more lives I lost, right? A, I read a study that about twenty percent of people aren't going back to their jobs because they've turned it into something online or something you do at home. Yeah. Well, I mean that's why you got a whole bunch of people pushing for like universal basic income and stuff like that. Yeah, Andrew Yang was pushing that. That's a that I, I'm willing to touch on that for a second, but that 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 a little bit after the point, I'll get I'll get right back there. Yeah. So, so the the point that we're setting up is is that you have to balance between economic needs and like healthcare needs, mm -hmm. right? And this is ultimately, I think, where a lot of this boils down to, and we don't want to like talk about it too much because it's uncomfortable. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure if you go on Reddit, there's like, or some social media, somebody's talking yeah, about it. But yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's an out in the open conversation enough. Here's what I mean: you have this balancing act, right? Who's responsible for that balancing act? Largely, the government, right? Yeah. Now, what's now? What's the current? But also the corporations behind the government. Okay. Too. Well, now that's a whole bigger yeah, problem. That's yeah. a bigger problem. Yeah, that's a whole bigger problem. Well, what us, I'm more of, I'm more of going with a, phil a philosophical point here, which is that you you have people who are, rely on the government to make to do this precarious balancing act between lives and economic matters, right? Yeah. The problem is, is and this is, I mean, I keep saying the problem. One of the this is one of the problems is that almost nobody has any faith in government institutions anymore. Mm. So, as a brief aside, this is one of the great ironies that you're going to have, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't. I mean, I don't blame them because look at the DMV, for example. Oh, shit. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, DMV's gotten better, bro. I mean, it has like gotten better to a point. I mean, they've made things electronic, but yeah. to an extent, you have to wait in line for a long time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. No, all right. So, yes. <laughs> or unemployment, for example. They were just saying oh, that, dude, don't even talk to me about that their system 
is an old computer language from the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like, what the hell? <laughs> I have no idea how it, how it even functions. At least pay Google to fix it in one week. Yeah, but, then, the, you'd be, but then the government would be beholden to Google. And I don't know, you just pay them and that's it. All right, fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, but I know what you mean. Right, yeah, so, so, you have, so the problem is, is you have a large mistrust of whether the government's going to... Oh, and I was going to say, it's like one of the great ironies is, is a, lot, a lot of the people... I'm not painting Trump supporters as idiots. Like that's not fair. Like there, there's what, how many millions of Trump people. Like uh, yeah. I, I could even postulate that maybe half of them are incredibly intelligent. I don't know, right? But the point is that Trump. A lot of people bag on Trump supporters for being idiots. I think this is one of the times you can actually bag on them for being an idiot. And here's what I mean: a lot of these people are all like Trumpophiles, right? They 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 worship at the feet of Trump, and they're like, this yeah. is clearly the guy who's leading us, right? But <laughs> here's the problem: they're protesting. Against the guy who they worship is telling them to do. Oh yeah, no. it's like it's like the amount of cognitive dissonance that has to go with you to be like Trump's a god, fuck the government. I don't want to listen to these mandates. It's like guys, somewhere in there, you know, like he's he's he the guy telling is, them to do this. He's one of the three branches of government. <laughs> yeah, so you it's know? like it's like it's like you're really. I mean, maybe maybe the cognitive dissonance is so high that that some people have convinced that no, but you know, people I'll just tell advising you, him wrong. I'll tell you exactly what happened. All right, so there's two ways to that. One thing is. Obviously, the White House created guidelines for people to follow. They right. follow. You could say that he didn't write them, man. He didn't write, yeah, yeah but yeah. He, it's his White House, right? Yeah, and they he's broke, the one who signs off on it. Yeah, so they uh. broke it a bit. But they're protesting their governors. Oh, okay, I see, I see what you're driving. the stuff that they've been right, right, okay. doing and that's, saying. That's a little different. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, all right. So, so, so the further piggyback on that. So I don't have an actual like, answer to that or how to like even like approach that. Th this is more of a think about this for a second, mm -hmm. right? And... This is. I wish we had a constitutional like uh, genius here, because I know I'm like half retarded to just <laughs> intervene. So in Florida, a lady opened a nail salon, uh -huh. and then she was supposedly it. thrown in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then uh, the judges threw it. I was like, no, this is basically unconstitutional uh -huh. to throw someone in because they wanted to make a living. Yeah. And they couldn't because the governor has uh, an order. But yeah, no. Now gyms in California are opening too against the governor's will. I'm shocked you were not on a flight to California. At this yeah, <laughs> just walking to California would be like a lifelong gym quest. So I mean, is that where Gold Gym was from? Is, is yeah, from? and yeah, they right. filed for bankruptcy. Oh fuck. Yeah, well, recently. Like uh, but yeah, right. So all right. So yeah, I, I could tangent for forever. But so like the, the, the overarching like thing I want people to consider is. is is that we live in such a hyper-polarized time, right? It's almost impossible to come up with, A, either an original thought, or B, like, rail against the other side without, you know, some people having some violent emotional reaction. To you, yeah. Right? Now, the reason why I'm bringing that up is, is that, and this, this is circling back to what we are talking about, like, most people, whether right or left, liberal or conservative, I would venture to say that the vast majority of the country has almost no faith in government institutions, right? Mm -hmm. And the problem is these are the government institutions who are responsible for dealing with the, with the current crisis, right? Yeah. And we rely on them to, to deal with the precarious balancing act of economy and lives. What, what I always think about, and I feel like, like we have to consider this, is, is are we, like what, like how are you gonna, like what side are you gonna fall on this? And, and here's what I mean, like, is the current like state of like distrust for the government a result of decades of like U.S. leadership just kind of like fucking up and lying in their own pockets, corporatism, the rise of corporatism, whatever however you want to say it, like late stage capitalism, blah blah blah. Like I, I'm not a, I'm not an economist, like I, I'm not well versed in that. Or is it because Eastern Bloc countries like Russia finally managed to erode our faith in government? My response, and this is the reason why I'm framing it as everybody's polarized. Somebody's gonna give you one or the other. It, it could be both. 
Mm. And this is this is this is what I've always been like worried about is that like so we, we exist in a world right now where we are we blame the Russians or we want to blame our leaders. It's probably both, dude. Like the point is that here's the point: you get inundated and bombarded with all these m- massive forms of like media trying to shape your worldview from left, right, up, yeah. down, green mm. party, purple party, whatever. We we. we We've hit such a point now where there's nothing that we read. I mean, if you're, I feel like unless you're, uh, unless you're really like subconscious about it, like there's nothing that we read that we can really trust anymore. Like, how do we go about dealing with issues like this, with coronavirus, like the economic, like that's true. Dude, how do you deal with it if you don't know what to listen to? So when you know, you what side to take, what political orientation to take, like yeah. We, we've gotten discombobulated to such a level, either whether it's through inept leadership or whether it's through foreign powers interfering with us, where we, we've literally gone way past paralysis by analysis, and now we're at the point where we just don't know what the fuck to do. So, but like, look at it this way. You're right, because news networks realize that when people give opinions, more people will watch. <laughs> yeah, it's you know? It's like no one reports the news anymore. No one even feels bad when they report I the actually news can't tell you right now. Like, if you were to, like, gun to my head and you're like, Adam, like, Like, if somebody were to gun to my head right now, and they were like, mm-hmm. dude, so, I lost my train of thought, actually. What were we just talking about? The, the news. Oh, the news, right, yeah. If somebody gun to my head right now,